0: Hello everyone and welcome to Joe's Tango podcast and welcome to the exciting, colorful, and sometimes bizarre world of Argentine tango. On this show, we'll be meeting tango instructors, event organizers, and musicians, and they are a fascinating bunch of people. It'll be a great time and I hope you can handle it. I'm your host, Joe Yang, and thank you very much for joining us. Today's guest is an author and a speaker. She's also a tango instructor, known for her deeply kinesthetic approach to the dance and the exploration of connection. She's also known for devoting time to teaching tango to those with mobility problems. She has an extensive background in a variety of subjects and has taught language, mathematics, and gymnastics. She's quite the traveler as well, regularly shuttling between Buenos Aires and her hometown of Seattle, Washington. And with me now from Buenos Aires, is gabriella condria gabriella thank you so much for being on the podcast and taking the time now to join me
1: thank you thank you for having me joe
0: okay so let's get right into things so gabriella can you describe the moment when you knew you wanted tango to be a big part of your life
1: oh um well it was definitely it took me by surprise Uh so um i I was just traveling around South America. I had done some volunteer work in Peru and mm. Buenos Aires was kind of like this dot on the map that I you know I wanted to get there at some point and mm-hmm. and just check out the city. And tango was not on the list of things that I wanted to do <laughs> at all.
0: okay um,
1: <laughs> And that's because I had this image of you know, like the the TV, rose and the tea, mm. fishness um, and it just it just wasn't on my radar, Okay. Um, but when I arrived in Buenos Aires I um, met some people that were getting ready to go out to a tango class at La Viruta, which mm-hmm. is a, a Club Palermo um, and they said, you know, if you don't have plans come join us mm-hmm. You know, when in Rome, you know, yeah. I'm in Buenos Aires okay I might as well take a tango class, why mm-hmm. not um, and I think what, I remember even in that first class and and La Viruta's is kind of as one of my friends um, described it, uh, miles Tango, uh, mm-hmm. He described it one time. I thought this was a really, um, really fitting. He said it's like the McDonald's of tango. Like, <laughs> you know, all all this energy and it's. Crazy and it's mm-hmm. like you know um, shiny things over here and more shiny things over there and mm-hmm. you know this class for total beginners and if you know how to do you know a couple of steps here's the second class and there's mm-hmm. so I saw that in the second class people were doing these curvy things mm-hmm. which I found out were orches. yeah and I kind of like placed myself in that class because you can do that at the computer <laughs> the <theater> stuff <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I just I remember in that first class being like huh. You know, maybe I, could, maybe I could get into this. Yeah. Um, and after the classes, one of the things that I really love at La Viruta is that, um, and at many of the, cl- if you take a class before a milonga in Buenos Aires, and around the world, i this. But I really like the combination of class and then social dance. Ah,
0: um, yeah.
1: And so I got to see people dancing afterwards, and the floor just turned into this, like, of people floating around and spinning around one another and and it just was magic wow. I, mean, I couldn't you know I couldn't take my eyes off of the this like floating sensation that they mm. created um, mm. and I think that was it I think it was kind of you know love at first sight nice. <laughs> but I have no idea of course how big a part it would become in my life yeah it was like, oh, this, this I have to, you know, take note of. Mm-hmm.
0: So at that first night at La Birota, did you, did you dance at that milonga or were you just watching?
1: I believe I danced a little bit with some of the people that I'd come with Okay. Um, from the class. Yeah, okay. I don't think I danced with anybody else, okay. but I was mesmerized.
0: Nice. <laughs> nice. It's really interesting to hear, you know, all the interviewees that I've had, how, how tango summons us each in, in very different ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Yeah.
1: yeah. People's tango story.
0: Right. Mm-hmm, right. So when did you feel like, okay, I'm falling in love with this. this like you had love at first sight, but then you said, I- I'm putting this into my life. This has got to be um, a big part of what I do.
1: Um, You know, I, I kind of just followed that, that feeling of, you know, mm-hmm. this is something I want to, I'm um, curious about. That was kind of the first part of it. Mm-hmm. And then um, I, I kind of had just time on my hands, so luckily I had the time to get to know Tango a little bit. Um, I was lucky enough to find a studio called the Denzel Studio where um, it was basically the idea was you learn by dancing. Mm -hmm. They would have one class a day, Mm -hmm. um, one hour a day, and then the rest of the time we would all just kind of sit around and have mate and mm. uh, <laughs> crackers, or mm-hmm. all the other healthy things that we would share <laughs> mm-hmm. <Yes. laughs> on the patio. And then there's a little room. It's it's a little house, Okay. and there's a little room where people would dance. Mm-hmm. And um, it was it was a very relaxed and welcoming mm-hmm. way to to learn mm-hmm. to dance and um, very supportive group. Like mm-hmm. once once you get to know everybody, it's kind of like a little family. And I think. A lot of dance studios you know when they when when they can make that happen yeah. that create that community that's really powerful mm-hmm. um, so I felt very supported um, in that space and also I think what was really nice about it was I got to dance I didn't feel like I was just repeating steps all the time ah, yeah. um, I think that's part of what mm-hmm. really hooked me mm-hmm. and then um, I, I went back to Seattle for five months and mm-hmm. kind of kind of half-heartedly looked for another job
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, I actually had been on sabbatical as an eighth grade teacher, Mm -hmm. um, but I had extended it one more year. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I decided to come back the next fall Mm -hmm. and stayed another seven months Mm -hmm. and uh, repeated that the year after. So for the first two years that I was dancing tango, I was in Buenos Aires more than I was anywhere else. Oh, Um, wow. Yeah, I just, I guess I kind of dove in.
0: Okay. Yeah, so uh, one of the things that that caught my attention about you, when our mutual friend Jordana Delfeld uh, got us connected, and um, is that you you teach tango to people with mobility problems, and um, I, mm. I teach a class for people with uh, with Parkinson's, so I'm mm-hmm. really interested in in. Uh, speaking to the people who utilize tango as a way of uh, of tango therapy, uh, in, in a way, or, you know, for, in your case, people with mobility problems. So how did you get into that arena? And feel free to give as much backstory as you can.
1: So, okay, so I'm really glad to hear, first of all, that you're working with people with Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. And um, I at the studio, at the Denzel studio, um, my teacher, Rodolfo Dinzel, he worked with people with um, vision problems.
2: Oh okay you know, even
1: completely blind. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had the experience there of dancing with a man who couldn't see mm-hmm. and I closed my eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was pretty powerful and, and has definitely stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Um, he worked with people with Down syndrome. He worked with people with uh, Parkinson's as well. Mm-hmm. and there were several people who would come you know a couple times a week. Mm -hmm. and dance is part of what he would say was, you know, the doctor tells them that they have to do a certain number of steps a day or, you know, they have to get exercise, Mm -hmm. but they won't necessarily do it. But they come here to the studio and they dance all the steps you want because they're dancing with another person.
2: Mm.
1: And I, I think that that, the community aspect, I mean, I guess really what, What helped me learn too, and and probably a lot of people, the community aspect and the sharing, the Mm -hmm. fact that um, when you're dancing tango, Mm -hmm. you're sharing with somebody else. So it's not it's not this solo, you know, go go do five leg lifts, you know, or squat.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, So I think that's really the the intrigue and the motivator that's that's so important, and I see that in my students. Now that I work with as well, mm-hmm. um, the work that I do with people with mobility challenges is um, kind of like a, I would say it's somewhere between physical therapy and mm-hmm. a dance class. Okay. Um, or rehabilitation, mm-hmm. um, because some of my students come in wheelchairs or with walkers and canes, mm-hmm. and for some of them, they hadn't stood alone. For I have one student who hadn't. You know, been able to take steps on his own for 20 years before Mm -hmm. starting to dance with us. Um, Mm -hmm. Another student who hadn't walked without a walker in 11, no, in 10 years when he started with us. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, So I would say it's it's probably you know it's kind of like it's inspired by tango. Mm -hmm. And tango is a huge element: the music, the group aspect. we, I incorporate as much of the tango elements as I can into the class. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also, it's modified specifically for people who are really um, struggling to stand. Even. Right, right. But, you know, backstory, just kind of, I developed that gradually working with people who had more and more um, mobility need challenges and needs. Nice. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's been really inspiring to see people improve their... Physical walking ability, you know, mm-hmm. even um, like some of my students are stroke survivors, so uh, they have one side that's affected,
2: ah. um,
1: as far as their mobility goes. Mm-hmm. And you know, to see them start gaining the strength to, for example, take off a leg brace, mm-hmm. and um, you know, we we have to take these like calculated risks, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. it's um, definitely there's there's a lot of um, Concern and mm-hmm. and we've had families. You know, some of my students' families were concerned about um, what we were doing in class and how their uh. how their family member would be able to participate in this. You know, mm-hmm. of course. A lot of times I think the image that people get of tango or have of tango is like what I thought tango was and Mm -hmm. why I wasn't really interested in the acrobatics (laughs) and stuff. I Mm -hmm. mean, um, you know, the crazy stage stuff. So if you imagine somebody who can barely stand and you're telling their mom, you know, whose life has also been impacted by their injury Mm -hmm. and who obviously, you know, cares a lot about her son mm-hmm. or you know, daughter and it's like, oh, we're gonna dance tango. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, yeah.
2: Um
1: so it takes it definitely takes that first like, oh we're we're just walking. <laughs> <laughs> we're just walking. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I mean maybe adding some rhythm to it. Mm-hmm. Um and then also of course, safety is number one. So some of my students mm-hmm. need more support. Some of them need a little less support. So mm-hmm. um, and then as soon as my students can walk more stably, mm-hmm. um, you know, some of them come in and, and they don't have as much of a mobility challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, they're more like gaining courage and um, so you could probably relate. I'm sure you have students like this yeah. too, mm-hmm. who, you know, have like they have um maybe some coordination stuff mm-hmm. and and um trusting their own movements and imbalance
2: mm-hmm.
1: um but if they can improve that um then you know i kind of like send them on off to you can join one of my other classes or hey. check out a you know any tango class that like mm-hmm. fits your schedule because once you're walking mm-hmm. you know go on out there yeah
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i think what you what you said about um you know having to modify tango and having to really really pay close attention to your students and and when you're teaching uh, a tango mm-hmm. class for uh for people with with uh, mobility issues now do you find yourself you know becoming a more a detail-oriented teacher uh when you when it comes to working with students who are you know who are healthy
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I think that I I'm lucky to and and I definitely wouldn't want this to change. Um, mm-hmm. to have both the general population that I work with and then also the people with mob- mobility challenges because yeah. they um, the work inspires each other. I don't know right. If that, <laughs> if that makes sense. absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like this um, positive loop.
1: Yeah. yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And because something that you know we do to modify Mm -hmm. for, for somebody in one of my tango stride, the technique is called tango stride.
2: Um,
1: so in, in one of my tango stride classes, um, you know, might be, you know, a useful way to explain it to somebody else who maybe needs, you know, to hear it in a different way or see Mm -hmm. it in a different way or a different approach in my classes for the general public and, Mm -hmm. and vice versa. Sometimes, you know, yeah, I definitely, I get inspiration from my students all the time. So it sounds like you do as well. <laughs> oh, yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, because oftentimes I ask, you know, I'll ask interviewees, how have your students, what have they taught you? And um, yeah, it seems like, you know, when you work in, I guess, I'll, I'll, I'll call it tango therapy, that does somewhat um, enhance your understanding of, of the dance in general for yourself. Um, do, you, do you find that to be the case?
1: Yeah, it's definitely more. Um, you know, I guess I guess I would say like any anything that you approach from um, mul- like a multifaceted perspective, mm-hmm. like the more the more aspects that you can see of it, mm-hmm. will enhance you know your your view of it. So yeah. absolutely, I think that seeing seeing it in different ways, working with. Um, different people over the last seven almost eight years have mm-hmm. been teaching tango, I've found that I actually I'm I'm really excited to say that, you know, anybody that's stuck with Tango, mm-hmm. even the people that I'm like, okay, all right, this is gonna be a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: um,
1: and, you know, I've had I've had some students where I'm like, all right, you know, if you really work hard at this, I think we can find a way. Mm-hmm. But it, you know some people pick it up right away and, and the movements are more natural for them, and for mm-hmm. other people there's all they're carrying a lot of stuff that's mm-hmm. usually not even just about the movement it's mm-hmm. all the emotional things that come with um in their backstory and mm-hmm. you know it takes time to to like break that down, but by working with each each person, each individual absolutely has taught me probably more than I can even really identify,
0: yeah,
1: you know, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's a... Teaching it's, is a gift. It is. <laughs> it certainly is. Yeah, so speaking of teachers, uh, what are some really good or some really memorable advice that you've gotten from some of your own teachers that, that have either helped your own dancing or helped shape some of your insights or philosophies about teaching?
1: Um. Let's see. I don't... You know, uh, I feel like there are so many yeah. little, <laughs> little things. And they're really... I mean, the really striking thing about, you know, the, like answering your question is just mm-hmm. that sometimes it's not much. Like it doesn't it doesn't take much mm-hmm. explanation, but it's something that's really poignant and it's mm-hmm. time timely and it sticks. Um, so I remember one um, piece of advice that I got, or one piece of like feedback that I got from uh, one of my teachers was: I was always, um, especially when I first started, I was really eager. To learn, I wanted feedback all the time, and mm-hmm. I, um, and still from now I'm you know choose a little more choosy about who I ask from yeah. <laughs> feedback from. But I, I always want feedback because I think it's hard to see yourself. Yeah. Um, but at the beginning I was really eager, like you know give tell me something, and and I was aware of the fact that I have to take everything with a grain of salt because,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know of course the feedback somebody gives you or the suggestion somebody gives you today might not be needed in a week from now, or, mm-hmm. you know, my, like, but this one piece of um, advice was or or I guess like analysis of my mm-hmm. dancing, um, you know, so my teacher would kind of like um, peek in at the Denzel studio, mm-hmm. Rodolfo Denzel, he had a way of um, really like encouraging people to be themselves mm-hmm. and, and experience the dance, and I learned a lot of things that I really value from him, um, but he would kind of peek in every once in a while to the practice space because he had his space where he would do private lessons as mm-hmm. well.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And when he walked by, he'd always kind of pause and look and see, see what everybody's doing. You know, take a little inventory. Mm-hmm. And so I would always ask him, you know, what do you see? What can I do? How can I improve? <laughs> you know, yeah. um, I was <laughs> so eager to get some kind of feedback. And at one point, he told me, you know, if you, he said. If they're walking on their own, you know, let them walk. Mm-hmm. And that was I think really powerful for me to to really start saying, Okay, maybe I just maybe I just need to actually do, you know, walk the walk for a bit and mm-hmm. maybe I don't need feedback or corrections at every little mm-hmm. moment. Okay. So and it kind of empowered me. Yeah. Um he had this way of doing that.
0: So. Okay. Yeah, that that's actually a good. That's actually a really really interesting point. You know, you just just keep doing it. Yeah, you don't always have to look for feedback too, all the time. Yeah, my problem is the opposite. I I should probably asking for, be asking for more help, <laughs> whereas That's uh-huh. kind of yeah. You know, whereas some of us have to just keep keep going. Keep that in keep that in mind. Well, and
1: I think we go yeah. through. I think mm-hmm. we we go through stages too. Yes, right? that's where true. like mm-hmm. if you're hitting your head against the same wall all the time, then mm-hmm. then it's maybe time to look for, you know, feedback. But <laughs> right. especially, you know, <laughs> right? Or if you have the same, if there's the same problem, mm-hmm. and that's part of becoming, you know, more and more conscious of ourselves. So mm-hmm. the fact that maybe you're saying, oh, I need to ask for more feedback, is mm-hmm. that shows that you're at a state where you are willing and able to receive that and it would be really useful. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. But then we we also have to be really cognizant and think about who we get that feedback from Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, is it, like, try it on. Mm -hmm. Almost like a pair of, you know, jeans or something. Try it on Mm -hmm. and does it fit? You know, because the jeans need to fit you, not you, the jeans. Yes. (laughs) So that's an important, you know. Then there's, I also see sometimes teachers that will give feedback just to give feedback. Right. And I think that that's really, that um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's it's important to look for, you know, what does your student need
2: mm-hmm.
1: and not where do you want them to be?
2: Mm-hmm. But what
1: do they need from where they're at now?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, what will your feedback do? And sometimes I give my students some, um, you know, direction or something, and then I, I watch what they're doing, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, no, that's not what I meant. So, you know, I have to kind of uh, try to come back, oh, forget that, or mm-hmm. try to, like, redirect a little bit because there's also, of course, interpretation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Or so you might have a very clear thought of what you're trying to say, yeah. and then you see the result, and you're like, yeah, no, that I didn't communicate that very well. <laughs> or, you know, like, yeah. that's not what I was trying to get. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I have a funny story really quick. Uh, there was one teacher mm-hmm. I was uh, taking from and who was just really very strict, very hard. And she kept getting on my case, every little thing picking on me. And then another st- student in the class kind of noticed that, but she knew this teacher very well. She said, oh, don't worry. You know, if she's just not paying attention to you, it means she doesn't care about you. So... Mm-hmm. you know it mm-hmm. means she cares so that that really changed my <laughs> my feels like oh okay maybe that's really interesting how how like you said like jeans you got to try it on and then you have to um see where it see where it takes you so yeah
2: try it on yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah so with with tango there's always something new to learn you know as yes. we go through our our, ta- our respective tango journeys so what's something gabriella that you've learned recently even despite Mm -hmm. all of your years of experience? What's something that's...
1: Oh, no, yeah, there's always more to learn, Mm -hmm. Um, always more. I feel like I'm just in the middle of this very intensive two and a half weeks, which is um, really crazy for Mm -hmm. me because I'm used to coming to Buenos Aires for minimum a month and, Mm -hmm. you know, even more. Um, So I feel like I'm absorbing so much, and it's just... um, (laughs) (laughs) um, It's... It's hard to put into words. I mean, I definitely feel like I'm I'm always learning and and remembering. Mm. I think sometimes learning isn't isn't necessarily about something new, but about seeing something that you already have seen, but in a different light. Yeah, um, being reminded of something that oh yeah that that was you know really useful, mm-hmm. and I somehow forgot to keep doing that. Or mm. I would say that um, I'm being reminded of. My space as a follower and, mm-hmm. and owning owning that space, yeah. um, which I think can be kind of tricky or at least I've found it tricky from time to time to, mm-hmm. to really remember I'm half of this partnership yeah. and um, knowing where I am is really important for me, and it's also helpful for my partner. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's probably the golden nugget that I'm holding on to right now is just, where's my space, yeah. and how am I using that? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really good point to bring up for for followers. Just, you know, standing your ground, holding your space. That's and that it really does help the leaders, and it just helps the mm-hmm. dance, and it's yeah, win-win for everybody. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to change gears a little bit uh, to your book. So you wrote a book called One Plus One Equals One. That's that's not a commentary on congressional budgeting. It is actually something. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's a it's a book on on connection. So why don't why don't you tell us a little bit more about the book?
1: Um. Well. So when One Plus One Equals One just came out of my um, first two years or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah two years of um, studying tango and just immersing myself in this new world that I'd discovered. And it's just uh, this kind of internal dialogue that I was having with myself and mm-hmm. then also sharing with the, the people around me as I was getting to know tango, just the very first, you know, I guess mm-hmm. the, the little honeymoon stage that yeah. must be, um, you know. Um, and it was, there was a, a lot of this... A realization for me that the things that I struggled with in tango mm-hmm. often were mirrored in my life. Uh. Or vice versa. I even used, you know, oh, okay, this is challenging in my life. What would this be like in tango?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so it was this this context that I could use to explore connection in, in all forms, not necessarily just dance, or not necessarily, um, you know, just a partnership, but also mm-hmm. Or, or not necessarily like a a romantic partnership, but also friends and family. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I remember one of the first pieces that I wrote was uh, "I'm Dancing with You Right Now," and it's a poem that really talks about this moment when I realized that I was dancing with somebody and thinking about who I'd dance with next, <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. and
1: kind of peeking over his shoulder to see who was walking into the studio. Mm-hmm. And I realized at one point that. I wasn't dancing with him and
2: mm-hmm.
1: experiencing the moment that I was actually that I was actually a part of
2: mm-hmm. that
1: was happening while I was thinking about what might happen or what did happen. So I wasn't present, ah. um, and that that was huge for me. And mm-hmm. and really, that's when I decided, you know, if I'm dancing with somebody, I'm going to dance with that person.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that's the same thing as if you go out to dinner with some friends, mm-hmm. um, put your cell phone down, right? You know? Yeah. Be <laughs> e in the moment. Mm-hmm. So I, I actually, I do put my cell phone on silent, but as much as I can, I try to unplug when I'm, you know, spending time with people, like with actual people, not mm-hmm. online, you know?
2: <laughs> right, right,
1: Um. And I guess then I, cell phones weren't as important in my life maybe, but um, mm-hmm. this was 2009, I I remember that very vividly, even just the kind of rat race in my head of, mm-hmm. you know, analyzing the past and thinking about the possible future and, you know, you can live your whole life that way and then you really get to live your life.
0: Yeah, that's a, it's a really good point you, you bring up about, uh yeah, being in the moment um, and just Putting down the cell phone. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, you know all kinds <laughs> of things like um, like being flexible when we're um, being creative. You mm-hmm. know, dance like water. Is, um, there's a piece in there called Dance Like Water, which mm-hmm. um, really the idea of we we can fight the current, or we can fight, we can get really upset when we come against you know a hard place mm-hmm. or a rock in the in our path,
2: mm-hmm. or
1: we can figure out a way to flow around it. And that's really, that's informed um, a lot of what I've done. I mean, you have to, you know, whenever you're trying to start something new or um, like I did a tour around the the U.S. and Mm -hmm. um, with my book and, and teaching tango. And it was a lot of that, like flowing like water and going with the yeses. Not everybody's going to receive you, maybe even in the way that you would have asked them to. But Mm -hmm. if you can accept what they are willing to give you, um, I think that, you know, it becomes, life becomes more, um, it becomes easier. Mm -hmm. And you can, it's easier to be, to be grateful and to to keep like, keep that flow Mm -hmm. going. Um, So I think we can do that in the dance. I think we can do that in our personal relationships and our work relationships. You know, Mm -hmm. if we look at at what is rather than what we think things should be, um, the dance becomes much easier. And I think easy is good Mm -hmm. in tango
0: and in life. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you've visited many, many tango communities. I mean, you've mentioned uh, going on a tour all around the US and you travel Mm -hmm. uh, to and from Buenos Aires. In your opinion, what do the really good tango communities all have in common?
1: I think what I valued Mm -hmm. um, a lot when I traveled around the a country, especially especially with the smaller communities, mm-hmm. um, when there's a, a respect, like a mutual respect, it doesn't mean that everybody has to be everybody's best friend, because mm-hmm. that's not always realistic,
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: especially once, you know, you have a group of people, some people will get along better than others, mm-hmm. but um, where there's some some cohesiveness and uh, mutual respect where people aren't stepping on each other's toes as much right. as possible, you know, just that kind of like a... When a city has um, a, a tangle calendar that has everybody's events on there, right. you know, it's. I think that that creates a really nice feeling and vibe for the mm-hmm. for the people that come into your community, whether it's new students or um, you know people that are coming to visit. Um, there are definitely places where, you know, there's like a, here's my Tango website, and that's their Tango <laughs> website, and it's kind of more divided.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, or where there have been rifts in the community, mm-hmm. and people kind of start to repair them. But that also, I think, is is just how, you know, relationships in general work. I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes people go through their times when they're not quite getting along. You know, in, in Buenos Aires, there are definitely people who are like, oh, I never go to that milonga, that he, you know, that runs Semilanga, Milonga. There's mm-hmm. no way, <laughs> you know. Um, he did this and that, or she did that and this and whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. So people, people hold their grudges, mm-hmm. but the thing about Buenos Aires is that there are more people here that that um, live here and dance, and that come and visit and dance, mm-hmm. um, and so you need to have enough critical mass to sustain your events and mm-hmm. communities. So one thing that I actually realized that I noticed, um very recently here in Buenos Aires is, um, you know, the Milongas, I think, are kind of going through, there was a time when there was a new milonga all the time, I would say, um, two, three years ago, maybe,
2: mm-hmm. there
1: were new Milangas spring up everywhere. And, you know, the community will go through ebbs and flows. So mm-hmm. when you have saturated the the market, and there's just not as many people, or there are so many events that, that you know, they're just, like, you can't, there's not the, the supply and demand. Here's an economics background coming in just a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, then, then you kind of have to, some milongas will close and some. Um, so it was really nice to see five, I would say four or five um, organizers from different milongas across the city coming together to do a, a competition, a festival. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, and it was cool to see. This uh, I went to La Baldosa mm-hmm. last Friday um, here in in Flores in Buenos Aires, and uh, a milonga that you know is is fairly popular, but is not usually like packed mm-hmm. um, in this big space, this big you know dance hall was just pile piles of people. I mean, it was just there was n- no way to even like make you know you had to like squeeze your way in. Mm. Um, it's just really cool to see that to see all these organizers come together and collaborate on nice. that so um, yeah, yeah, mm. I think uh, there's something to be said about working together and finding things that you can collaborate on as a community um, and then most of all, just the respect I think is the, the most important thing, yeah.
0: Yeah. So what future projects are you working on right now, Gabriella?
1: Oh, um, well, I definitely I, I plan to keep on doing the Tangle Stride work. Um mm-hmm. and at some point I'd like to start sharing that um mm-hmm. with with people who, you know, can can kind of carry on the work because I'm just one person and um Yeah. There are many people who could use some help with their walking around the Worlds really so um, that's that's like the big picture um, project and more short term my focus is really to to grow that program in the greater Seattle area
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: and I think that that's kind of the first step to later um, sharing it so that more people can benefit from the Tango Stride technique. Okay. Um, I definitely plan to keep um, working with my students that that don't have mobility challenges as well, mm-hmm. um, that as they say, you know, have other challenges, <laughs> as well. Right, do. Right, right. Um, mm-hmm. I think I actually, um, coming down here this time, for some reason, I don't know if I'm just in a different place myself, but mm-hmm. um, I think I, I'm going to set up a little group um, to come down maybe end of 2018 or beginning of 2019. Mm-hmm. To come down here um, together because i really want to share with my students the the feeling of when the site is that i love so much nice yeah so that, yeah that's another little project
0: okay good just a quick question about another teaching question um, rather mm-hmm. is that uh, dealing with perfectionists yeah, uh, I'm sure you've, you've had some students who are who are perfectionists. And it can be it can be a good thing because they're motivated, but at the same time it can be a bad thing because they kind of get hung up on a lot of details that might not matter. So, how do you help students navigate perfectionism?
1: Oh, that's oh, that's a great question. I try to really focus on um I actually just just saw this with a friend who was interacting with her 2-year-old and mm. it's <laughs> um, it was really interesting to see, because I think you can get, you know, you can get life lessons from any context and apply them to another, right? Mm-hmm. I guess that's how yep. I kept writing my book. Um, and so what I saw with how she was interacting with her two-year-old was that rather than telling her no, which, uh, you know, I think sometimes kids need to hear no more, mm-hmm. but um, mm-hmm. she was she had a really nice way of re- just redirecting her attention, Mm. And, you know, it was like, oh, no, you don't need to, to do this right now. Here, let's look at this other thing or, you know, let's mm-hmm. start singing a song. Mm-hmm. Um, so these sometimes uh, rather than going head on with somebody and saying, you know, you don't have to be perfect. Just let it go, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Just get over it, mm-hmm. um, which might seem like the easiest way to to approach the situation, mm-hmm. um, and I know I've definitely tried that in, <laughs> in the past, mm-hmm. um, but sometimes I think what uh, I find more useful is focusing on what I do want them to focus on,
2: mm-hmm.
1: or re- reinforcing, um, you know, like tango. Tango should be easy, so if you're doing it well, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to feel easy, um, which I think can be really difficult for a perfectionist to... To grasp, sometimes mm-hmm. um, speaking as a perfectionist myself, yeah, because you know, it's like, the, well, where's the work? Like, what you know? Don't I have to suffer to learn? You know? Yeah. <laughs> as as yeah. You know mm-hmm.
2: okay, what's
1: what's going? What do you mean it's easy? Mm-hmm. Like, but just tell me how to do it. Mm-hmm. And and that's part of I think that reinforcing that this is a process. It's, mm-hmm. it's something you you really have to walk through the path. So there is, there is no shortcut. Like I was able to put myself into the second class with the ochos, mm-hmm. but that didn't help me skip the two years it took me to realize that I was just trying to walk. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's not, there's not a shortcut. And mm-hmm. sometimes I think by looking for a shortcut, we actually make the path more complicated.
0: For ourselves. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So the amount um, of effort, so yeah. sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I guess that's what I try to try to impart mm-hmm. to my students is, mm-hmm. you know, it took me a while to learn some of these things, so I'm I'm trying to save you a little bit of time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um but that that means you're gonna have to kind of trust the process too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. you can look for the ochos and the you know, the tricks and stuff and then, right. then come back come back to to where you
0: were going to be anyway (laughs) yeah 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 what I was going to say was um yeah like you said about when you spend so much time looking for a shortcut you might as well just do it the way (laughs) do it properly (laughs) yeah
1: yeah yeah and sometimes people have their their journey and their path you Mm -hmm. know and they have to walk a little bit and try different things and Mm -hmm. and you know see what what works for them before they're, you know, really able to come back and, and listen. Mm-hmm. People, people don't always ask questions and wanting an answer, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they, they know the answer they want. And um, that's that comes back to, like, that when we're ready to ask for feedback. Yeah. You know, if we're not ready to ask for feedback, it doesn't really matter what people have to say. It doesn't matter how good or how, you know, on point the feedback is. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might even hear it, but you need maybe some time to like incorporate it yeah. into your thoughts and then into your body. Yeah. So
0: just like learning tango. <laughs> yes, <Wow>.
1: exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: Great. Okay, Gabriella. So where can we find out more about you online?
1: Oh boy. I've redone my website. So um, my tango teaching is tango is about the connection.com. Okay. Um, that, that leads to everything else too. Okay. My book is on there as so. well.
0: Excellent. Good. So I'll have it in our show notes linked to your website and um, and a way to check out your book. All right. Thank you.
2: Thank you very much. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, Gabriella, thank you so much for, for taking the time. I'm really uh, glad we were able to connect. I know you're super busy and um i know at the time of this recording you're getting over a cold so uh yeah, yeah that's
1: not you know tango shoes and tango you know outfit and cold like they don't all go together no, just...
0: no. <laughs> <laughs> okay well you be safe at the next Malonga you. you you go to and have a have a wonderful time there
1: thank you so much joe great to talk with you
0: likewise all right bye-bye Okay, it was really fun talking to Gabriella. She shared a lot of interesting nuggets of wisdom, and going back through our conversation, it was hard to pick out just one thing to focus on. But I have to choose something, so I'll talk about her perspective on tango learning and how tango feels easy when you do it right. And I totally agree, like Gabriella said, you don't have to suffer in order to learn tango. Now, she also mentioned that there are no shortcuts to learning this dance. We'll encounter difficulties and challenges, but as we get better, doing it correctly won't feel as difficult. It'll just feel easy. It just takes a while to get to that feeling of easy, and we have to exercise patience and trust the process. So thank you again, Gabriella, for your thoughts and for your time. And thank you listeners for tuning in to Joe's Tango podcast. I really appreciate it. Hey, if you're still listening, how would you like to win a brand new Amazon Echo Dot? Well, I'm giving one away. And here's what you need to do for a chance to win it. It's very easy. If you're enjoying this podcast, head over to iTunes or Stitcher, give Joe's Tango podcast a good rating and a review, then click that subscribe button. Then, email me a copy of the review, so I can easily cross-reference it, and remember to include your name in the email. I will put your name in a hat, and on Valentine's Day 2018, I will pick a random winner from my hat, and that winner could be you. If it is you, I'll contact you to find out where to ship your prize, and you'll want to email your name and review to wisconsintango at gmail.com. Once again, that's Wisconsin Tango, all one word, at gmail.com. Again, this is a brand new second generation Amazon Echo Dot. It is a very cool gadget and it also works as a Bluetooth speaker so you can listen to Joe's Tango Podcast in style. Okay, that's it for now. We'll have more shows coming to you every Monday and sometimes Fridays, but definitely every Monday. I'm Joe Yang. Talk to you again soon.